Hello and welcome to Desi Sportscast and you join Nevin Thomas and myself Bharat on our weekly podcast to round up about what's happening in Indian football. Uh, hello Nevin, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good and uh, apparently it's going to rain in Chennai so I'm like the rain man here, wherever I go rain follows me. <laughs> Don't start putting that out there because people will blame you. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, saying that uh, we've got a very famous uh, weatherman called Tamil Nadu weatherman. He predicts all the rain patterns and all that. So I was just, please probably should uh, just look at my travel plans and decide where it's going to rain. <laughs> well, funnily <laughs> enough, I was watching the cricket the other day and that's what the commentator was saying about the Indian cricket team, that the rain seems to follow them. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, no, it's you. In South India, yeah, it's, it, uh, it's, it's me. Um, but yeah, it's not just South India. I think wherever I go, I remember going to Kohima in Nagaland for a month and it just rained for that entire month. It's but that's, just, not, that's I, a beautiful part of that's on my bucket list, that part of India. That's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. Um, well, at least it's warm there where you are. Is it very warm right now? So we could really use with some rain. So See, that's well, nice. When I was thinking about we're going to do this podcast and I'm, I'm looking out of a window we've had our first really deep frost today it's very very cold oh um it was very cold coming. yesterday as well and uh, mm -hmm. we we've moved to winter time here in england and uh, oh yeah so for the next uh five six months it's going to work in the dark coming back to work uh, i know work i know in the dark <laughs> so it's also like 1 30 kickoffs in the nights for us what used yeah. to be twelve thirty kickoffs will become now one thirty. Yeah, and there's a huge game tonight, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And there's a big game yeah, tomorrow later. as well in the EPL, so we'll talk about that as yeah. well. But no, it's very very cold here. But let's talk about something um, much more pleasant, and that is the Indian Super League. And we into week three. Um, mm -hmm. What what I mean? What we recorded a podcast last Saturday uh, prior to yeah, yeah. Um, a big game in the evening, which we, which I thought would be nice and comfortable, and you'd be able to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Hyderabad versus Turned Kerala. What happened? Out to be. What happened is a mix of. Uh, I don't know how to pinpoint the reasons here, but. Uh, one is this uh, phenomenon called uh, Marcelino and uh, we know we know what this guy is capable of and on days when he turns up, he's just brilliant. And so this guy just took the game to uh, Kerala Blasters. But to be fair, it's not like Kerala offered too much going forward as well. They they didn't really create chances. Uh, Ogbeche seemed isolated, a little unfit or something was bothering him as well. And there was no clear connect between the midfield and the strikers, there was a huge gap. Uh, Sahal got a start. Um, yes. We've been crying out for it. But uh, even then, uh, I personally found him playing uh, up front. He, he was almost like a secondary striker, which I do not know. Uh, I don't think he is meant for that role as well. Uh, he is more of a number 10 and he is better of enabling others rather than uh, taking the attack himself. So... Uh, you saw Sahal uh, look sideways and he didn't find his save wingers or somebody making those runs so that um, you know they could create an opportunity. And the only goal that Kerala scored was also created like that when the winger uh, Rahul KP, another Malayali boy, made that run and Sahal picked him up with a beautiful pass. I have so to, I, have to this, say, I did this, see Marcelino's free kick. That was a brilliant free kick. Yeah, and this is a very confident player we're talking about. Very, 
and he is all he also annoys the opposition defenders he will um, you know make those uh, fouls and uh, he'll make those he'll dive he'll play act he does everything that's annoying but also produces brilliance so he uh, marcelino is one of those diego costa like characters you would love to have these characters in your team but uh, if he's playing against you then uh, uh, he would really hate them yeah he's annoying yeah <laughs> So a disappointing start to the week um, uh, for your boys uh, to Hyderabad. What did you make of Hyderabad? I mean, we know the start they've had, and that's why we thought you'd have an easy game. Uh, Phil Brown's yeah. in, under a bit of pressure. Phil uh, Brown sort of understood uh, that. Uh, listen, this is going to be a very difficult season, so he's like, let me just put four, uh, two layers of. Uh, Uh, one layer of uh, four defenders, one layer of uh, four midfielders, and let me just uh, thumb the ball forward, and hopefully Marcelino can do his magic uh, on the occasional breaks, and that's how Hyderabad season is going to be. So, and they they've been doing it well. They they had another match against North East where they could have probably nicked the point had it not been for the late goal by uh, uh, I don't know who it was, but like. Uh, uh, they they they're at least becoming solid in the back they they're not no longer conceding a lot of goals which is a which is a big plus for hyderabad well when you describe But, the uh, football uh, phil brown's playing for at the back for a midfield and hoof it up that is a full brown a phil brown that i remember managing here in england <laughs> uh, which is disappointing yeah. that he's not moving with the times Yeah, but uh, maybe that works in India and with the team he has got. Uh, let's also be very honest. Hyderabad doesn't have the best uh, squad out there, so uh, you can't really sit and point fingers at Phil Brown at this at this point of the season right now. Um, that said, we've seen the likes of Yuriondo and a lot of other new coaches come and experiment and get better uh, football out of their players. So. But that said, yeah, uh, I think it's too uh, early to judge Phil Brown right now. He's definitely not my favorite. Uh, let me make it that. Let me make that very obvious. But uh, uh, considering the situation that Hyderabad is in right now, I think they should uh, first become that team that doesn't concede any goals, and then probably try to start uh, winning matches. Yeah, I mean, if you don't let in any, then you've always got a chance. Um, so chance, yeah, exactly. Um, moving to the big, ge- well, second big game. I'll talk about big game a little bit later. But we said that Jamshedpur versus Bengaluru would be a big test for Bengaluru. I mean, for Jamshedpur. Correct. Uh, um, from what I read and the clips that I saw, it was the goalkeepers that took the headlines. Absolutely, brilliant performances from both. Uh, Subrata turning back. the clock and uh, doing what he does best he's called the spider man for a reason and he had a phenomenal game there especially that save of khabra which uh, from close range uh, that, that was that was all reflexes and uh, this it sort of shows that subrajit could be uh, india's number 2 as well because considering how our, our amrinder and co have had their season and uh, a little bit of uh, flaws here and there this guy could still be india's number 2 after gurpreet and gurpreet also um an excellent save of uh, a massive sesar card from farooq who is probably one. one of the most um, one of the most yeah yeah that should have been a goal and uh, so yeah it was all keepers but also fair play it was a good entertaining match even though it ended nil nil mm. so uh, it was a good uh, testimonial to the improving standards of uh, indian super league so that yeah. way it was a very interesting match and both teams could have won it and 
I would say uh, in, uh, it was a team, uh, it was a match of both halves, which uh, Bangalore sort of dominated in the first, and then um, the, these guys uh, Jamshedpur sort of gave it back in the second half. Yeah, I heard it was um, good attacking football and good to watch. Yeah, um, it was. Somebody that, it was good um, to watch. Yeah, um, I read about and saw a little bit about uh, it's a, mid- a Jamshedpur midfielder, Pretty. Yeah. Um, what can you tell me about him? What a player! And um, if you if you are going to continue with that uh, thing of awarding uh, player of the week, I was going to pick this player for me because he is uh, he's been massive. And considering he's what thirty eight, uh, before the season I was like, uh, oh no, who have they signed? Why why is a thirty eight year old coming to uh, the Indian Super League? Are we going the same pattern of you know bringing the likes of Tim Cahill and all? But he's been outstanding. Uh, nobody can get the ball out of him. He 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 reminds me of say, uh, I, I don't think it's a fair comparison, but uh, you know the likes of Paul Scholes and Pirlo and all these guys. Wow. They weren't they they weren't uh, extremely uh, quick, but yet they had some space in the in the midfield. They they just knew how to navigate uh, across the pitch gracefully. So even in their, uh, towards the end of the career, you saw the likes of Pirlo. The moment he makes a touch, there is some space. He knows how to open the open up the body in the right way to create that space. So, uh, uh, Pity plays a little forward. They do. Uh, I think uh, it's an unfair comparison to put, uh, put him against uh, Pirlo or a Paul Scholes. But he, he, he has that ability. Uh, he turns his body in the right direction. Those half turns before receiving the pass, where he's already looking at uh, what's ahead of him. Brilliant player, brilliant player, and uh, probably the signing of the season uh, so far. He's he's really lit up that uh, uh, that jump um, Jamshedpur lineup and uh, has been the link between the attack and uh, the midfield. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, um, I don't know all the players and especially the foreign players, but I saw his performance mm-hmm. and I saw read about him and I looked up about a little bit about him, his profile. He had a mm-hmm. he comes from a really good pedigree of playing in La Liga and uh, Correct, yeah. it was the age that surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, um, thirty eight, but I suppose he's got the brain, hasn't he? He's he he, he, he thinks, has he certainly has. Uh, he he might not have the uh, pace or what have you, but he's got the footballing brain mm-hmm. to play in midfield. So correct, um, correct. that was really good to see. And also the trickery. The trickery is still there. So three, four, uh, you know, crossovers, whatever, flip-flaps and everything. You That's that's also part of his game. So he's very entertaining to watch. He'll beat defenders with ease. So And him taking on uh, the Bangalore midfield with all those yeah, uh, uh, Rafael and all those big uh, big figures there was a, was a treat to watch. Uh, he, he really dominated that match. And uh, I don't know whether he was awarded the man of the match, but he was the man of the match for me. No, it'll be good to see how he uh, continues. But no, what a performance. And he really stood out as well, like I said, in that game. And um, I'm glad we've highlighted him. Um, moving mm-hmm. on to um, the next game. Hyderabad again uh, against Northeast. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. a late goal. Uh, but um, yeah. what did you make of that goal? And also, there are a lot of people were saying it's a very soft penalty that was given. Yeah, but uh, if you're going to talk about refereeing and uh, the standards of uh, in the Indian Super League, I think we'll need a dedicated episode for that because uh, it's been uh, horrible. So considering how horrible it's been throughout the season, I think this is a decision that we can just sort of 
forget okay <laughs> it's it's is uh, it's that uh, buffer that we always give the referee so uh, and i think northeast deserved the match uh, to win the match they were more uh, they were better organized uh, obviously the better team as well and uh, seems like a very exciting unit to be very honest uh, uh, they probably like uh, are the dark horses to uh, challenge the the big the big guns in the in the league that's it the big guns haven't really started firing yet so bangalore still doesn't have a victory in, in their hands so mm. uh, so northeast seems to be a team at least in uh, according, uh, looking at the early season form uh, they are a team definitely uh, going to ch- uh, going to be in the reckoning towards the end of the season for that playoff spot yeah and they're still unbeaten um, i know it's very early yeah. uh, but they have played four games and uh, they at the moment lie second um, but mm-hmm. um, is it a team that's surprising you at the moment? In, in, you, you know, you're saying they're in uh, contention to get the top four place. Um, at the start of the season, uh, is it a team that you would have marked out for a top floor place? Or is yeah, it just because I wasn't very sure what uh, Robert Jani was going to bring. and uh, uh, But he seems to be that, uh, we discussed this in the uh, last episode as well, he seems to be that... Uh, uh, master of counter-attacking sort of football, and he's uh, really drilled that ideology into this team with that very short time he's been. He he was appointed quite late into the uh, preseason, so he's not really had a lot of time to uh, like uh, train this uh, outfit. But credit where it's due, they also have uh, uh, Khalid Jamil there as the assistant coach, and. This is what he's been doing all his life. So from his uh, Mumbai FC days to uh, Mumbai FC is probably where he did this best. He won the I League with Aizwal, which is still the most, uh, which is our Leicester story. Yes, I've heard uh, a lot in about the Indian. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was that coach, and then he um, then he went to East Bengal where it didn't, it didn't really work out, and he's uh, then had a bad patch, probably because he went to a team that was meant to dominate. But if in a team which is meant to, you know, uh, defend and counter-attack, this is a brilliant coach. And Khalid was, for me, one of those coaches who I always thought should be heading uh, uh, an ISL team. Like, he should have been the main coach. But unfortunately, our rules don't allow an Indian coach to be the head coach right now, I think. I don't know whether that uh, role has changed. But, uh, but so, while Jarni probably gets the credit for it, this guy is behind it. And you can see it in the football they play. Yeah, and um, you mentioned about the coaching. Uh, I, uh, that is a different uh, topic, and uh, I totally mm-hmm. disagree with that rule. Um, I don't know in the uh, in the roadmap whether that that was mentioned. Nobody talked about whether mm-hmm. that rule will be changed, but obviously it's something mm-hmm. will have to happen, especially with the I League clubs uh, getting promotion. So hopefully we'll see more Indian mm-hmm. coaches coming in. Um, I just wanted to mention while we're talking about Hyderabad versus Northeast, uh, the attendance Mm -hmm. at uh, both Hyderabad's uh, first two home games, 12,000 and Mm -hmm. 8,000. Hyderabad's got a heritage of football or is it this is a sort of... It it has a heritage of football. It it has a heritage of football, especially uh, say in the 60s and 70s, the Hyderabad police and a lot of uh, Indian footballers used to come from that region. Mm. Uh, then it sort of died down, obviously, because the lack of uh, football clubs from the region. So, in, in Fateh Hyderabad has been playing in the uh, second division I-League for a while now. But uh, 
obviously that's not good enough right you need yeah. the big players and the big teams coming in to attract a crowd so i'm not surprised mm. also the first match uh, audience can be a little skewed in the sense uh, that's also they were playing also kerala blasters and uh, these malayalis are there everywhere so <laughs> i believe some <laughs> i believe some 4000 5000 of kerala blasters fans turned wow. up for the match so okay. yeah it was huge that way so that also added to the uh, the uh, audience numbers but fair play i think hyderabad will be a better destination than pune that's pune cool. unfortunately uh, never regardless of the fact that they've had good clubs like uh, DSK Shivajins uh, Pune FC FC Pune City Bharat FC all these clubs have uh, uh, played there uh, and Pune has good infrastructure in Balewadi it's it's a very nice space to spend a lot of time so you can come as a family you can there are like gardens you can walk you can do so many things in Balewadi but still it's not really attracted an audience probably because it's a little off the city right and people don't want to make the travel or maybe that football is really not caught up in pune it's just not uh, uh, like uh, tinkling the public imagination but hopefully hyderabad um, is a good uh, destination yeah. and we should see hopefully uh, hopefully go back to um, what it used to be um, i wasn't particularly impressed about the pitch though the it was a little wobbly and the ball was uh, going all over the place and all so uh, that's it uh, most of these other isl clubs tend to play in uh, grounds that, that was prepared by fifa for the under 17 world cup in 2017 so um they, uh, this uh, hyderabad situation is different because the under 17 world cup didn't happen there so um maybe uh, this is what it is generally in india and we're just lucky that we get to see a lot of matches in uh, better pitches yeah i mean that that that's the problem isn't it that um, mm-hmm. any country outside europe uh, that watches football they and it is i do it as well uh, when i watch the mm-hmm. indian national team i compare what mm-hmm. i'm used to watching and then i have to mm-hmm. uh, say you know look at the uh, Indian national team or the Indian league and it just seems a different standard and you expect it all to be the same so um and i also think uh, this is something probably not so talked about uh, within uh, within us journalists as well because i think teams like fc goa uh, even odisha for example uh, when the, the when they have their main team running uh, they are they are ball playing football teams so it's very important that they get the right pitches for playing that football 100%. so even even fatoda even goa's uh, home pitch isn't the best for that silky football mm. you saw goa play better football maybe in uh, in mumbai maybe the uh, the pitch was slightly better off and like properly watered and all that so the moment goa gets a good good pitch to play on they they are a different outfit because they the 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 measurement the weight that goes into the passes are right and everything sort of starts ticking i mean you've raised the point about the um, the pitches um just as a question i'm not sure you'll be able to answer but are these pitches during the season exclusively for the clubs or it, because that none of them are football only stadiums i would have thought and they share with uh, yeah in fact um uh, uh, not necessarily in uh, calcutta because uh, uh the the other the i league clubs also play there but uh, now they are also moving apart and they're going to play in other stadiums and all in the upcoming season uh in kerala only kerala blasters play right nobody else plays in it's a football only stadium right now 
Oh, right. It okay. used to be a cricket stadium, but uh, no longer a cricket stadium. Right. And uh, in Goa also, uh, most of the uh, Goa Pro League matches are not played in Fatoda. So, uh, it, it's uh, a lot of it is preserved. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, a uh, lot of the grounds don't have a lot of uh, football going on so it's it's okay it's not that bad yeah but uh, it, it does take a lot of investment i know talking uh, about my own club here mm-hmm. uh, the amount of money yeah. they spend on the pitch and they have a replica as well on the training ground um mm-hmm. it, it's it's surprising how much money is spent in looking in, in creating virtually a carpet that allows you to play mm-hmm. um, on the ground and play uh, passing football. Um, so you do Correct, need the yeah. conditions. You're right uh, for the players. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you and know. also uh, in uh, India, I, I'm sure uh, considering there's football in say Russia also, uh, there are, there is some way to go about it. But a lot of pitches in India, especially in North India, like the one Minerva place, for example, in Tau Devilal. You see that in say winter, winter peak winter around Jan, the grass is all gone. It because there's no enough sunlight, and then there is this. Uh, uh, also, there is this high high percentage of water content for some reason. So the pitch tends to get really bad in January February period, early like late December to uh, early Feb, and it's not something within the control of a small club like Minerva. Yeah. To uh, yeah, just uh, relay the pitch, or which is why you see the likes of Shillong, Lajong, Aizwal, um, uh, Real Kashmir. All of them play in turf, artificial turf. They don't uh, invest in grass pitches. It's not really ideal. Oh, but, I'm totally uh, against it. Yeah, I think it should be banned itself. It's yeah. not good for football. But it's not this good is the, the only way of football. Yeah, exactly. They, damages the um, ankle and uh, the knee and uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of problems with it but they do it because that's the only the way only they can way. sustain themselves yeah, yeah that's, that's the only way although the way you described mm. Minerva's um, pitch in January February uh, it's the sort of pitches mm. we used to yeah, you can see it on YouTube the, in the 70s 80s mm-hmm. here even yeah exactly it was exactly like that exactly like that yeah. but even now you're I mean, sliding all over the place and it's muddy and exactly. uh, it was more brown than green. I remember, I remember last year when I was working with Minerva. I used to be scared running on those grounds because you would think that you would fall. Yeah. So imagine how footballers are—they still have to exert themselves and chase every ball, right? Yeah. And overcome that fear of falling. It, it's uh, it's it's a difficult task. I think the football suffers because internally they in, they, they know that uh, they're going to slide or they're going to fall mm. so you you just sort of pull away from a tackle or you just uh, don't do uh, don't do a few things that you would otherwise do in a comfortable pitch yeah you don't want to get an injury because that's their livelihood and uh, exactly exactly yeah. um you mm. mentioned goa a couple of times there mm. we, we were, in relation yeah. to the pitch in the stadium Mm-hmm. Um, are they back to their normal, uh, the the way they started? A, a really good win uh, away to Mumbai. Correct, correct. It was a comfortable win for them. But uh, uh, I thought they were lucky against Northeast uh, in the, in the in the match uh, in uh, Guwahati. Uh, they had that uh, f- the weird red card for Len, and then uh, being awarded a free kick, and they they convert out of that free kick with uh, Manvir scoring a header and all that. So uh, that that match was a 
uh, I thought uh, Goa was lucky that way. And I think uh, this is something we highlighted in the last episode as well. Now that Edu Garcia, Jau, all of them are in the team again, you see the Indians sort of take a dip. Mm. Now, the likes of um, Brandon and uh, Mandar and uh, all those uh, young uh, Indian stars out there. Manveer is no longer starting. He's gone back to being a substitute and he's again, whenever uh, they're calling him, he's being played in the right. So, same old problems again. No longer uh, a centre forward. Number nine, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, you... Uh, I hardly noticed Brandon in that game and he's a player who, wants, who just likes to you know, stamp his authority. But the moment these foreigners play, he just plays that easier option of giving the ball to Jau or uh, somebody and then uh, let them dictate the show. Which is sad because I think against a good team, they can just man-mark these main players out of their game, right? Mm. So... Uh, I, I don't like where uh, Goa is going with that uh, that uh, over reliance on uh, foreigners. The, I wish uh, I wish we can see more of that Goa that started this campaign against uh, Chennai, where the Indians sort of uh, really had a say. Do you think that was a result of the uh, couple of games they had in between, where after that fantastic start, uh, they didn't progress in that the way we thought they would, and they've now resorted to correct, correct. The uh, formula of getting the uh, foreign players in. It's still beautiful football. I'm not taking away that fact. You're confident you still have the likes of Saritin and all of them bombing forward from the and Mandar bombing forward from the full back position. Uh, all that is nice, but uh, I I I don't know why. Probably is because I'm so much more invested in Indian football and the growth of it. Mm. I wish uh, I wish Goa would uh, give their crop of very like fabulous players they have in their ranks. Okay, they've got. They can play an all-Indian eleven and probably defeat so many teams in ISL. Do you think? So, you, I, I think so. I genuinely think so. Because the likes of, say, uh, Princeton, Robello, and all of them are not even getting games. And these are exciting talent we are talking about. So, imagine a, a, a centre midfield with Lenny and Princeton. And mm-hmm. uh, then you have an attack with Brandon, Len, you have Jackie, you have Manveer, uh, you have Mandar, you have Seriton. You have pretty much like a entire crop of players there. Maybe they they're short of an Indian centre back, but otherwise they're they're good to go. They can they can beat a good team. Yeah, I mean the two draws in after the first start, the brilliant start they had. I don't know if it's put doubts in Coach Libero, uh, but I totally agree with you. I think he should uh, bite the bullet a little bit like your team mm-hmm. here in England. Um, uh, Frank is giving a lot of faith to the young players and they're producing. Um, yeah, you know, there's pressure for results, obviously, and uh, it's, it's a lot of expectations for Goa as well. So maybe correct, them correct. two draws, he should have carried on with the uh, the formula he had at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mm-hmm. mentioned the uh, northeast game, and um, I just wanted to raise. I mean, there was a some sort of showcase notice for Goa. Is that a big deal in India? I, I did read a couple of articles on that. Uh, what is it about? Um, so, uh, the behavior of the uh, Goa players in the game against uh, uh, Northeast. They, these things keep happening. So, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these things keep happening, especially. So, I'm sure uh, post yesterday's match between Kerala and uh, uh, Odisha, also apparently Ilko came out and had a conversation, uh, a very animated conversation with the referees for not giving a penalty and all that. So, 
I'm sure you'll start seeing all these things being issued. I don't think it's a big problem. The right. only problem that I remember was uh, once I think uh, uh, was it Anas or there was a I think uh, there was a issue with uh, Delhi Dynamos and some other club. I I can't remember off the head right now. But there was that happened in the tunnel and there was some punching or something involved. But that's like every other football. Leagues and every other football match. Uh, uh, football is a game of uh, where you play with your heart on the sleeves, right? So yeah, these so things happen. I don't think it should. Yeah, it's not much. Okay. Um, you mentioned yeah. the penalty yesterday. We do have to. Talk. I'm, I'm. I'm glad it was nil-nil in a way for both of us. Um, <laughs> nobody had the upper hand in the first game. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. As a as a well now a passionate Orisha fan, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, I think uh, it, it is as a simple decision as it can probably yeah. get. Uh, and you did uh, mention the refereeing yeah. at the start, and we've just got to let it go. But yeah. you know, if I was a Kerala fan and it was against my team, Orisha, but uh, I uh, even I didn't need any replays. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't know. need VAR. I mean, in terms of, uh, I thought Kerala has been lucky also. In couple of times this season, especially in the in the opener against ATK, where uh, they could have been given uh, ATK could have been given some penalties. So these things happen. We only, I think, the only request is uh, whether like we only hope it's not this frequent and this obvious. Those fifty fifties or even the sixty forties and all, you can let it go. But sometimes it's just too plain obvious and. Uh, I think the referee is just chicken out. I think that's the easier option to not give a penalty, right? Well, because was, you give a penalty. I was going to say you gave giving a penalty to the home team, uh, but uh, that's easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, I'm saying in terms of yeah, generally, uh, you don't want to give a wrong penalty the, because it's a it's a it's such a important decision. So I don't know what he was thinking. I I don't even know whether he was in a position to judge, but. Yeah, this is how it has been in Indian football. So I'm not, frankly, I'm not like sitting here all surprised or uh, angry about <laughs> it or anything. And to be honest, Kerala playing at home, uh, even though with a depleted side, uh, they should have been pushing way more and trying to get that uh, three points, which they desperately need at this stage of the season because uh, things are starting to look a little uh, not so nice here in Kerala with fans also losing their patience and all that. So, that three points against an Odisha side uh, would have been uh, really helpful for uh, the coach. But again, a lot of injuries and well, uh, don't know what I was gonna speak we to can attribute this. Yeah. Because you had an injury against uh, Hyderabad. Uh, you lost your mm. uh, centre-back and then you had a um, couple more yesterday. So, to, to be yeah. fair to uh, your team, um, you've mm. got a few issues with injuries, quite a few issues. But, uh, but who is at fault here? I don't understand. Like uh, you have the preseason to judge what the players are doing to get them up to shape. Is Indian Super League faltering in some way? Because you see hamstring injuries, all these injuries on a frequent basis. Every match there is at least one player limping out or something is happening. Is it the exhaustion of the league where you have to play matches every? Uh, every three days or something. I don't know what is happening, and that's that's really tough uh, because you're traveling. Like in in England, it might look like uh, traveling to another country because traveling from Guwahati to Kerala can be like traveling to another country. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, these are players traveling a lot, and they probably get like a day to train, a day off, and then there's another match. Mm-hmm. So 
it's probably that as well but unfortunately kerala i'm disappointed you you knew these players history uh, right now kerala's uh, both uh, center backs jairo and jiani juverloon uh, is injured rk is still recovering is probably expected to come after the international break and uh, you have ogbeche who is in fit he could only play what some 15 but that's some uh, foot poisoning related issue uh you have uh, so it's uh, you enti- almost your entire uh, foreign uh, set of players are yeah. gone yeah and and then you have somebody like sandesh jingen who is also out for almost the entire season mm. so very worrying signs uh, yeah. i and i don't know whether we should just not attach any blame to the uh, the management the physiotherapy team the the, the doctors Mm. are I mean, they not at fault here at some point or uh, is it just uh, purely just uh, i mean uh, with kerala being unlucky i think they are unlucky a little bit to a certain extent uh, certainly the injuries mm-hmm. from the corner um is not mm-hmm. something you can um, predict but i think yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, that one yeah. Uh, what you said earlier about the pitches and um the traveling uh, i think that mm-hmm. they're all part of the reason but yeah i mean you're backroom staff is also key to this uh, and just harking back to my own team Leicester I mean last year we had um, mm-hmm. and the year before uh, a spate of injuries mm-hmm. that put the highlight but now this year so far touchwood it, it has made mm-hmm. a difference the backroom staff whatever they're doing the physio team um, mm-hmm. it is one of the best in the league it makes a big big mm-hmm. difference but um Correct. I think I think that has been one of the biggest criticism of uh, Arsenal as well I think especially during Arsenal yes. Wenger's uh, last few years everybody just kept getting injured all these uh, so whether it's new it's it's a it's a contact sport so injuries are part and parcel of the game but sometimes you don't see uh, you don't see players coming out of the injury table they just come play one match they don't complete that match they go back again so pretty much similar to what is happening to rudiger right now for uh, chelsea just mm. he comes back plays a match and he's gone again mm. Uh, Kante has also been having that kind of a season. So, yeah. but I think uh, hamstring this early is, um, you know, you have to doubt some of the uh, backroom staff and the training correct, methods correct. and what have you. Uh, but on two yeah. positives uh, for you boys, and um, is another brilliant turnout of the Yellow Army, uh, over twenty thousand, and um, Samad, uh, what a run, what a player. yeah but we uh, unfortunately i think i think uh, shatori sort of said this in a tweet or instagram or wherever he is but uh, that uh, right now i think it's sahal's job to just sit down and work hard for the team because he, they don't have enough players to give him that license to roam around and be that creative uh, midfielder so uh, for that uh, that part i think sahal's been a willing runner and he's been trying really hard and trying to get into spaces and all an exciting talent and i think uh, uh definitely not a one season wonder mm-hmm. a lot of people were worried if that that was going to be the case but he's really stepped up his uh, dribbling game he's taking on like three defenders four defenders at ease so that's definitely nice to see for indian football because we don't get to see such players on mm-hmm. a regular basis mm-hmm. so that way sahil is definitely uh, hopefully we'll have a system that plays around him that's very important i think even though he's young i think we can have a team that plays around him and uh, that requires two wingers who are like quick and making those overlapping runs mm-hmm. and we also need a striker who uh, see okbache is a, a player who probably likes the ball being played towards at him rather than making those runs 
he wants the ball in his feet and then he can turn or probably in his chest or head or something uh, i think uh, this is a case of uh, torres versus drogba in terms of uh, for uh, sahal i think a torres would make more sense than a drogba Or not it. saying that a Drogba is bad or Torres is uh, not so good enough. I'm just saying that uh, there are these different kind of uh, forwards, right? And uh, you you want a forward that makes those runs and uh, runs into channels, create that space, or drags a defender away so that this guy can do something in the in the central region. Well, personally, I would have used the example of the uh, top goal scorer in the EPL at the moment, Jamie Vardy, but uh, you went with Torres, <laughs> yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, we've got a couple of games till uh, uh, this weekend, and then uh, the ISL takes a break for the international. Okay. Um, big game tonight, ATK Jamshedpur. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to be. I mean, it's another test for Jamshedpur, and the start they've had ATK at home is not going to be easy for them. Uh, okay. Bengaluru tomorrow might be their first win of the season. What do you Bigger think about game, the, I think, these, in these terms games? of rivalry? Sorry, both. Uh, uh, I think the Bangalore Chennai is uh, also a big rivalry. A lot of uh, fans are already traveling from Chennai to uh, Bangalore and all that because it's a short trip, right? It's five six hours from that's Chennai to Bangalore. <laughs> it's funny how you say that's a short trip in India. <laughs> For us, that'd be yeah, going to France. Yeah, short trip in terms of. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, so that that's there. Uh, Uh, I think both matches. I personally called the ATK Jamshedpur the Atletico Derby because uh, ATK was first in association with the Atletico Madrid, and then now Atletico Madrid is with Jamshedpur. And uh, in India, especially with the Indian Super League, there is this obsession of making everything a derby. <laughs> so the other thing is called the Bangalore Chennai match is called the South Indian Derby. So right, <laughs> okay, so. yeah. So yeah, so might as well call this the Atletico Derby because um, both teams have. Had a history. Right. Okay. So I'll be looking for fair play to the Chennai fans if they're traveling to Bangalore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Considering the start they've had. Um, so do you see wins <laughs> for um, maybe a draw tonight and a win for Bangalore tomorrow? I see a win for uh, Jamshedpur tonight. Based on the start they've had and the form yeah. they've had. I, you know me, right? I just make those predictions. I hope it comes <laughs> do, right. Do you know what? Yeah, I don't Nine have like a logical. Right. <laughs> I don't have a logical explanation to it, but uh, I feel Jamshedpur seems a better, uh, like a rounded outfit. ATK has a lot of players, but I don't think Habas has been playing the right uh, setup yet. I'm sure Habas will reach there, but I think he's still trying and testing what he has in his ranks, and uh, so. Hence, uh, based on form, I am expecting Jamshedpur to just nick it somehow. Especially if uh, Castell and uh, Pitti has a have a good game, and it's a short journey, so they probably mm. again, <laughs> I can't say it's short, short in Indian standards <laughs> from Jamshedpur to uh, Calcutta. So the players are probably not so exhausted, and they've had enough rest, and uh, will be like really looking to go. Right, Bangalore, Chennai. And I think Bangalore will probably get their first win because uh, Chennai has really not. Uh, Offered much, but that said, because of the rivalry and because what is at stake, um, Chennai see. might uh, Chennai might do that. Uh, uh, what do you say? Um, uh, park the bus and uh, right. hope to hit the counter. Parking the bus might work against uh, uh, Bangalore right now because they don't have that lethal striker. They've been really missing Miku, 
and uh, they haven't really found uh, the best option because Chetri is now occupying a leftist sort of a role which means that central area with the onward really struggling uh, they they need better answers and there's also the rivalry of Rafael Agusto now going against uh, the team that brought him to India so a lot of a uh, lot of things at stake it'll be a very interesting match it'll be a uh, i i'm expecting it to turn a little physical and um, a lot of fouls and all that stuff it'll be fun uh, yeah absolutely and you mentioned park, <laughs> yeah. uh, parking the bus and oh, i immediately thought that's john gregory for you but uh, enough, <laughs> of, enough of my biases against some of the english coaches um, yeah yeah <laughs> i want to that was a brilliant roundup of uh, this week uh, but we have to talk about uh, very quick well not quickly but we have to talk about the upcoming internationals um, mm-hmm. The shine was taken off uh, our qualifying tournament after the last result. Disappointing last-minute mm-hmm. 1-1 draw against Bangladesh. Uh, we're going to two away matches uh, against Afghanistan. Um, I think they don't play in Afghanistan. The game's in Dushanbe in Tajikistan, and then mm-hmm. a tough one against Oman. Firstly, I have to ask you uh, about the squad that's picked. We've had three weeks of ISL. Um, any players mm-hmm. that you think should have been in there? I think it's too early. I I'm uh, I'll go with the coach here in terms of uh, three weeks of ISL is probably not enough unless you have some you have some major hole somewhere where some your star player is missing and you need to fill it. But uh, barring the Sandesh Jingan injury, I don't think any of the mainstays of uh, Indian football team uh, uh, are injured. So I, even though some young players like Jerry and uh, Redim and all these players have sort of uh, impressed. uh i think uh, i think i'm okay with uh, the the current squad uh, even lenny and susaraj i i think these guys should be in the indian ranks but uh, let's just give it to the coach saying he knows what he is doing mm. let's hope he knows what he is doing i think we we were hypercritical of constantine also each time one player has a good performance we expect that player to be in the team mm. we also have to understand that uh, uh there is a system that a lot of coaches uh, want and it's important that you get players that work to their your system right so let's hope first match is uh, <laughs> like uh, thought really well and that's the reason why these players are not made it to the squad but i don't want to be hypercritical right now maybe if we lose i will be <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, that's what we do but uh, right now i think uh, at this current uh, indian team is what uh, steam match likes and he wants some more time with it L- let's see yeah i mean you mentioned one player that i've been reading a lot about uh, a lot of people thought well i say a lot the ones that i read about uh, from said should be in that and that was michael sisaraj um, mm-hmm. um but the other thing i i read somewhere was um, that arminda should play ahead of um, gupreet what do you think of that oh no i am i'm tired of these uh, this uh, amrinder uh, fc ga- <laughs> fans it's it's like uh, it's like marshall fc you have these one or two games and then uh, he's uh, he's your uh, fa- best player in the world so i don't think uh, amrinder has shown enough to uh, replace gurpreet to be very honest yeah i was surprised uh, when i read that because following the isl with yourself is uh, not something that we've mentioned a few times uh, so um i just yeah, wanted to take on it even against uh, even against goa i thought uh, amrinder was in this best i mean he's a good keeper no doubting that and gurpreet has a few errors in it in him but we haven't shown 
we haven't seen one commanding uh, goalkeeper for like one full season to say that gurpreet should be challenged mm. uh, so uh, that way i'm i'm still uh, the gurpreet gang and i, I do i'm not a big fan of uh, upsetting the rhythm and bringing these uh, rivalries into the national team and all that i think uh, both of them are good free friends also off the field so uh we uh, i think uh, it uh, amrit is a good backup mm. uh, i am saying why can't we call subrata because he am based on form he is probably like better than amrit but probably like age and uh, other other issues and uh, the coach wants to look into the future i am all all up for it it's uh, it's fair enough yeah looking at just which is put the under 19 uh, young lad uh, from the under 17 world cup sorry tiraj uh, so He's already mm-hmm. uh, giving people an opportunity to be part of the squad, even though they probably won't be playing. Um, I, 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 I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, I was very surprised when I read that, but I just wanted you to take on that. I think uh, Sandu is our number mm-hmm. one at the moment, uh, and mm-hmm. he should play. And I think it's good to have a, a, a back five, if you want to say that, back six that are, know each other, mm-hmm. have played with each other. So I'm uh, in agreement with yourself in that one. Um, just very. Uh, ha- you know we had a lot of hopes prior to the qualification we talked we've talked we've had a couple of podcasts um mm-hmm. and these are two very very tough away games i don't think afghanistan's going to be easy um what do you think yeah. i mean what are your expectations of group e now and we've had a couple of games uh, three games in fact and you know where we stand which is fourth with two points uh, qatar running mm-hmm. away with it 10 points Um mm-hmm. what do you think I, our expectations uh, should be now I I think uh, we have to be realistic and just sort of uh, get that uh, stability on the ground I I don't see it especially in center backs again I'm not convinced with our center backs at all they're all very error prone and uh, I hope and this is what i uh, and i also do i am when i talk to other friends and all that uh, they they call me uh, the italian because i am a big fan of this uh, three man center back and uh, uh, like a, a more defensively restituted system like a 352 or a 343 and all that uh, and i say that only because i see indian players struggling in a two man center back combination lot of the times you see that two person not enough in uh, that that's just too risky unless there's a foreigner involved uh, to play two indian center backs i i don't think any isl team or id team will do that right now and that's very worrying right we don't have uh, two good like uh, two good center backs and you can like really pair up maybe i think the last time they ever did was uh, uh, anas and um, sandesh jingan for kerala blasters but uh, we really struggle to have like a mainstream teams play two center center backs and which shows that there is something uh, uh, there is something wrong with the crop of players that we have right now as center backs so um, why not play a three man center back that gives a uh, like with a sort of a libero sort of a, a player in the center uh, and uh, two guys uh, on the on both sides and uh, then you also have these wing backs and if you're going to play somebody like mandar who offers so much going forward he's probably better off as a as a wing back than a left back because uh, as a left back a lot of a lot of the times his his uh, uh, lack of height sometimes comes into the pest and so uh, here as a wing back he's probably able to contribute more and uh, even beke i <laughs> i don't like him in a lot of uh, in a center back position i think he's too error prone i've said this again and again he he has one or two errors per match for sure 
and a lot of the times that's inside the penalty box i i want to avoid that i would rather have him make those uh, mistakes say somewhere close to the midfield than uh, uh, have it uh, somewhere uh, nearby but again beke is a, a defender so we will almost have like five defenders in in uh, in def- uh, when uh, we are not uh, in possession and i i am a big fan i think we have to try these kind of formations because this 4231 and all that is nice on paper but we need like good players to execute it to run a 4231 i think you would agree with me is that that double pivot in the midfield that four and the two after that uh that two needs to be like really good in terms of uh, they should have a wide range of passing but they should also be like defensively resolute who are these players for india tell me one player who can do that and one player who can i can think of immediately is lenny and lenny is not even in the squad so you can pick all these anirudhapas and uh, brandon and sahal and all of them and try to play them in the pivot but they offer nothing defensively mm, yeah. i mean credits to them they they try they they play their hearts out but uh, they don't do it and then you have the likes of uh, rolin borges and rainier who uh, don't offer too much in terms of their passing range and all that they can't like spray to the one corner and uh, expect the wingers to run into it and all that so we really lack good central midfielders like a like a savi alonso uh, tony cruz uh, modric you know, these guys offer so much more than just uh, uh, just attack or defense right they they're well all-round uh, all-round players so yeah i i'm no i i think we should play a, a more def- defensively resolute system at least in the qualifiers from now on but i don't see it happening yeah, uh, I mean, so depends what the coach uh... once from the rest of the qualifying games um whether he thinks we should go for it um mm-hmm. in the next two games just to get us back into contention for second place uh, first place is gone and But dusted do you think we should go against oman you think going out all all out against oman is going to uh, give us points i think they'll just uh, outscore us if we're going to play an open match yeah i mean with oman my my view is that um at the very least we should finish third i mean it's not a given yeah. considering how we played against bangladesh but i think yeah, we yeah. should take a little bit of um you know hope from the first half against oman at home mm-hmm. i know it's a big game a lot of hype a lot, lot of passion carried us through that mm-hmm. first half and then we uh, took the mm-hmm. uh, foot of the accelerator um but mm-hmm. this is uh, you know an indian living in the uk and thinking you know we can um, attack our way out of it without thinking that we I don't think we've got the players to I think we need to mm. shore up the back I agree with you I'm learning all these things from you by the way um and not getting carried away uh but I think um if it's possible and from what you're saying it's not possible because of the, the type of players we have in India but mm-hmm. if it was possible I'd go for you know if you if we lose we lose but if we win then it's it's I would go for attack more attacking player um i know borges isn't playing um i would have been i'm always comparing to uh, my club uh, he played the ndd role just in front of the back four <laughs> um mm-hmm. and then have one striker up front which is obviously the main man um and mm-hmm. um the likes of tapa and um salal sahal in in midfield uh, just behind them mm-hmm. the creative players or the attacking players hopefully uh, so it'd be a bit more more of a 4141 but i i totally get what you're saying about have you have to have mm-hmm. two center backs that are good quality good decent uh, center right. backs 
ഒമാൻ <laughs> <laughs> by like uh, staying like defensively uh, resolute and then hit them on a, yeah. a counter and we played uh, Qatar without Sunil Chetri the guy who can finish for us so yeah. maybe yeah. with him in the team our counter attacking will be a uh, far better so with Udanta's uh, uh, pace and all that maybe and maybe probably Manveer should start in that squad uh, in terms of oh, offering a reality up front no 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 oh. with bo- i think both should start okay. i think both should play. both sunil and uh, manveer should play and uh, they should uh, pack it up like a 4 4-2 or like a uh, yeah almost like a 4-4-2 and then uh, hope that to danta and somebody else on the left flank can also offer a lot more pace so that way they can hit on counters well hopefully uh, coach dimak is listening to this and um, is picking up some <laughs> tips from uh, a person uh, like yourself um, i certainly do all the time so uh, i sure so. i hope he is not uh, <laughs> i tend to leave people confused more than <laughs> no, no, more no. than clears no to be fair to you what you just said made a lot of sense and uh, I, i i agree with what you said there so um i'll 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 um, when i uh, post this on twitter i'm going to include him in the uh, uh link so <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen um right yeah. just to end um uh, big weekend in the EPL uh Leicester City is going to be a freezing night uh, but I'm looking forward to it is uh, we've got Arsenal at home um mm-hmm. and um any win will take us uh nine points ahead of Arsenal at this st- uh, stage of the season which is a huge lead in the EPL um correct i don't know if you saw the game against crystal palace last week brilliant performance by us i thought that was a better performance than yeah, the yeah. 9-0 against southampton um correct. and dominating your, performance yeah and your boys are on hell of a run uh, five back to back wins <laughs> I don't want to jinx it so I'm going to just not speak anything well, about Chelsea right now. You talk uh, about but, jinx but Lampard got man of the manager of the month award and that's always a jinx. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's also a jinx but uh, uh I I do think there are uh, problems with this Chelsea side as uh, exposed by Ajax. We uh, we came back against a nine men Ajax let's not forget that. Yeah, so that was a weird uh, game. yeah and uh, and uh, that's that's uh, the problem with the matches that ajax also sort of uh, showed what uh, other teams should be doing against chelsea and uh, they just uh, just ripped open the system there and uh, yeah so 
I, I think uh, November December is going to be way tougher for Chelsea because uh, they also have a very depleted thin squad it let's not forget that uh, a lot of these players are playing because Chelsea couldn't go out in the mm-hmm. summer and make those uh, summer buys so mm-hmm. uh, yeah and apparently they are already thinking of offloading uh, Giroud and Pedro and all that so god knows how slim this uh, squad can get hopefully the likes of uh, ruben loftus-cheek and uh, all those guys will also be coming back soon and then we'll have that uh, squad strength again so i am not uh, i'm extremely happy this is probably one of my happiest phase as a chelsea fan to see so many young academy uh, prospects coming and getting their game time we've been crying out for this for a long time all these solanke and all these guys came and they didn't get their matches even chaloba all those guys didn't get their matches and we also had like good signings disappear like sala and de bruyne and all those guys not get their chance in chelsea so mm-hmm. we're finally happy that uh, the loan army is now come and uh, uh, started playing for the for the for the main team so that that's nice but uh, let's also not get ahead of ourselves in terms of uh, i i sometimes see a uh, uh, zidane like uh, when zidane came and started coaching uh, real madrid for the first time i thought uh, oh no he is not ready for it and he is going to be, you know is going to struggle and then he went on to win champions league champions league like it's just uh, just another trophy so i see that uh, tendency in lampard is it because they were like great players and they, they understand what uh, what players need to do because they don't come up with some great strategy like uh, like a uh, pep guardiola or uh, you know these uh, dutch coaches and uh, the likes they don't seem like those strategists but they probably do something in the dressing room that we don't understand i think it's so, about man management i think yeah it's probably man part, management yeah. it's getting the best out of your players keeping faith with your so players so look at uh, everybody is now saying chelsea's got one of the best uh, central midfield in uh, coaches jorginho and kante and uh, this was this was the same squad that sari had exactly. and everybody had everybody had problems with jorginho everybody thought coaches was a bad buy yeah. and kante was being played out of position now you have which all these was. three players we yeah, are correct which was but uh, look at coaches i think coaches is having a brilliant uh, last month i think he's been the standout player for chelsea nobody really talks about him but the way he carries these balls from uh, the uh defensive half to the forward he just beats defenders at will at, at, at there are times that he reminds me of Eden Hazard the way he gracefully moves around so i think it's I'm, lot, I'm really, i think it's yeah. a lot to do with uh, you know the players are willing to play for frank they give a little Correct, 10% yeah. or you know 5% extra um and mm-hmm. the fact that he has a, a lot of faith in these young players he's not you know one bad game and you're out or you know um so mm-hmm. you know they not only being given a chance but they are kept in the team yeah. and they're giving the results and um they're getting a lot of praise here uh, in terms of the type of football uh, Chelsea's playing mm-hmm. um and um in all the forums and phone-ins uh, Chelsea fans like yourself have not been mm-hmm. any happier I think even when you're winning all those trophies because it is Correct, the yeah. academy players that are coming through and it's an mm-hmm. attractive brand of football but to be fair to frank he was doing the same at derby um last season mm-hmm. um he mm-hmm. he got all these young players playing 
a brand of football that was good for the championship nearly got him into the Premier League. So he comes with a bit of pedigree compared to Zidane, who just was dropped into it because of his name. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and some players, I mean, extremely talented, but they have a brain. And I think Frank is uh, showing that he's got a brilliant footballing brain. Um, and I, I, this was something, even as a Chelsea fan during uh, Lampard's playing days, this is something I used to argue with a lot of friends in that uh, age-old debate of who is better, Gerard, uh, Scholes or uh, uh, Lampard. And I always thought in terms of uh, natural skills, Scholes uh, and Gerard probably uh, out outweighed uh, uh, Lampard. But in terms of brains, I thought Lampard was one of the most... Uh, cleverest player on the field in terms of mm. timing his runs and that was the key to Frank Lampard. He was not the phenomenal athlete, he was not the craziest dribbler out there but his understanding of those games and how to make those runs and those late runs probably made him that uh, goal-scoring midfielder that he is. But more importantly, um, he's a very genuine and nice person. When you talk about Paul's goals yeah, and yeah. Uh, Gerard, you know, they're that side to them, a, a <laughs> yeah. steely side, you know, that sometimes they didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank never had that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody that's played against him or with him or knows him, has a bad word to say about him. So correct, that's correct, the yeah. uh, character, nature of the man. But enough of this Chelsea talk. Um, <laughs> I don't want this. This is never, ever going to be a Chelsea. This is going this to be a, a Leicester City podcast. This is going to be a Leicester City <laughs> podcast if ever we're going to have one. <laughs> um, but no, that was good. And uh, uh, the kickoffs in a couple of hours. So looking forward to seeing that game. It's going to be tough against Palace. Um, they're a very uh, yeah, definitely old style English team against Roy uh, Watson. Correct, correct. Um, but a bigger game tonight. Um, I know it's going to be late for you uh, back home. Uh, I'll but- probably watch so. Yeah, it's our remembrance game as well, um, because uh, for the uh, veterans of uh, the wars that uh, we fought, so it'll be uh, emotional, but okay. a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Remembrance Sunday here in England tomorrow, so mm-hmm. there'll be ceremonies all over the country. Uh, but no, looking okay. forward to that game tomorrow, uh, tonight. Uh, for once, uh, a lot of people are saying Leicester favourites. Um, I think he'll play the and same And this squad. could probably like end uh, uh, Unai Emery's... Uh... He's, stint at uh, Arsenal as well if uh, Leicester goes and wins this match. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Unai. Um, mm. I know he's doing well in the Europa League, but uh, it's the league. And if they think top four is going to be difficult, I can see him being removed. It's not the Arsenal Correct. way, but uh, there's rumours yeah. about Mourinho. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens. But you know what? This um, And it's been an hour. Can you believe it? It's absolutely yeah, it's um, So <laughs> yeah, um, it's I hope the podcast, uh, yeah. listeners enjoy listening to this. But there has been so much to talk about. And Nevin, uh, exactly, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Again, speaking to you. Appreciate you taking time Good out. Time. Good time. Fingers crossed no uh, in the house hunting in the coming week for you. <laughs> Thank you. I really <laughs> desperately want a house. Uh, so if any of these uh, listeners are uh, have managed to reach till 60th minute of this podcast, please... <laughs> In case you know a house and in case you know somebody is looking for uh, renting renting out a house or something, just please let me know. I would really like all the help I can get. And nobody deserves it more. Fantastic. Thank uh, you so much. Nevin, have a brilliant uh, weekend back home. Enjoy the football and we'll speak to you next week. Take care, my friend. All right, man. Bye-bye.